Yeah, if you're not listening to Shannon's show, uh, you're missing out. She has some awesome experts on uh, talking marketing and talking different philosophies. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about continuing education mm, and how constant fave. growth and learning new things um, can really benefit marketers these days. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about continuing education and in the business world and how that can be used in a marketing sense coming up on Friday as uh, well. Yes. So you're going to want to be around for that. But like I said, if you're not listening at 9 a.m. on uh, Monday mornings to Shannon's show, Maverick of Marketing, you are missing What you out. doing? What you doing? What you doing? What you even doing squad, with yourself? Squad, bro, fam. Exactly. Throwing out all those, you know, those millennial hip terms. I'm hip. <laughs> Like this is what you're gonna get when you've got a youngin. You know what else is hip? Show. What? Talking PG and E. Ooh, that's the opposite of hip, my friend. It is actually. It's very depressing. That was the joke. That was that was indeed the, the joke. joke. We need a, a stinger for that one. We do. <laughs> All right, that's going on. That's going on a sauna to to. Uh, I actually, some point I, I know exactly what clip I'm gonna pull for this. Amazing, so we're good. We're I love good. it. Yes, folks, if you have any ideas for fun zingers for the uh uh. The switchboard. Eh, that's not the right word. The soundboard? Soundboard. <laughs> Tweet at us at MarketScale or at BizCasualRadio or at VoiceOfB2B. Yeah. Because uh, we love to hear from you and we love your ideas because we have smart listeners. We do have smart listeners. Yeah. Probably the smartest listeners. The smartest. Many people are saying that our listeners are the smartest. I'm not saying it, but many people many are saying people it. Many people are saying it. Many, many people are saying it. <laughs> All right, folks, PG&E is a disaster. We need to talk about this. Oh, so geez. Californians want to end PG&E operations as they exist now. This headline of mm -hmm. an article. We will link to it in the uh, post of this conversation. But there's a new poll out that basically says California voters do not like how PG&E is handling electricity right now, and there needs to be some kind of change. So this is really interesting. Pacific Gas and Electric uh, has been responsible for some of the worst wildfires we've seen in years in California. That has become very clear. Um, a mix of lack of investment in repairs and maintenance and uh, lack of oversight on inspections has led to faulty infrastructure that is prone to spark. Um, one of the prime examples is they haven't been clearing tree branches hanging over the power lines. Jeez. So if a tree branch falls... Uh, you know, it could cut the wire, it could spark, and then we are in high wind, dry season in California that creates wildfire that kills people. Yeah. So it's a huge problem. To quell issues recently, PG&E cut power to millions of customers, uh, and with PG&E being the sole provider of electricity for large swaths of northern, uh, northern excuse me, and central California, there's really nothing people could do about it. They just had to either, you know deal with a wildfire or deal with no electricity. PG&E is also in the hole because they're crawling out of a recent filing for bankruptcy. And they're also dealing with a multi-billion dollar settlement for the community damages and deaths caused because of the wildfires that their um, faulty infrastructure caused. That was announced Friday of last week. Um, and this multi-billion dollar settlement is looking to help customers and communities recover from the devastating wildfires. Mm -hmm. So, where does PG&E go from here? So, there was a recent poll of California voters by UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. They found that the majority of people do not want to see PG&E return to its classic state post-bankruptcy. 
uh, you know, so to do its classic uh, form of corporate operation. Right. Um, after they uh, fix and uh, crawl back out of that bankruptcy hole, fewer than one eighth of people want PG&E to fix their own problems and to retain that same corporate structure. Mm-hmm. However, the actual path forward is not as clear, and voters are a little split. So I actually want to get your thoughts on which you think is going to be most uh, effective or viable. Here okay. are all the different options. So okay. 35% say they'd like PG&E to remain investor-owned in some capacity. Mm-hmm. 37% of voters support some sort of government-run restructure of the company, and then the different the differential no just the difference there um i think that's what like 18 percent or something i'm doing quick head math they said they don't have an opinion uh 28 i think it actually is so the actual options include splitting pg e into two separate companies uh selling pg e to another utility company so basically saying pg e can't run this let's have someone else buy them up right. and run it we could convert PG&E into a state-run agency, tax-dollar-funded, um, basically a, a government agency. Mm-hmm. Or it could be broken up into small, non-profit cooperatives in cities and counties, um, publicly owned, but not run from the top down at a state level. Another option, this is outside of the survey, but this has been proposed by San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, um, this option could turn PG&E into a customer-owned utility that would operate without shareholders, and it would be exempt from federal taxation. So this is an idea that could potentially save ratepayers billions over the course of 10 years uh, without that kind of profit necessity uh, with shareholders overseeing PG&E. Um, it would cut costs substantially. So. Right. Which option is best for the people of California and for the stability of utilities in this region? I lean, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a public proponent. Sure. So I lean towards the public options, mostly because I really think this would save money in the long run. I mean, we see when there is a necessity to pay out bonuses, pay out shareholders, and that motivates decision-making. Um, often a lot of money that could be funded into infrastructure or could be funded into maintenance or repair or expansion of services instead gets funded into payouts and right. bonuses and you know making sure shareholders are you know paid to their satisfaction. Um, however, I do understand kind of hesitance to going from one large agency supplying power across the state to another large agency supplying power across the state, just going from corporate to government. I could see mm-hmm. people feeling anxious about that and being like, is this really going to solve the issue when it's, again, kind of monopolized by one uh, one interest um, or one agency? Uh, however, I think with some kind of government accountability here, there is more room for voters to have a say either through the ballot box or through pressure to make sure that some kind of government-run option uh, is more accountable and um, more cost-effective and more effective in delivering utilities and electricity. So you think that that option kind of provides for the oversight necessary because that's obviously what's been lacking over the last several years, let's say? 
You would hope so. It yeah. would have to be, uh, you know, a well thought out and structured bureaucracy to make that happen. Mm. Um, which, you know, goes back to what would this actually look like transitioning PG&E yeah. to being a public owned uh, option. That's why I do kind of like the idea of small community based public owned utilities as well, mm-hmm. because I think the bureaucratic component of it is uh, a little simpler when you have many small operations dealing with small subsections instead of one large state-run utility having to then, you know, uh, kind of pull the strings and and deal top-down on on implementing a structure that will provide transparency and accountability and uh, electric services. What are you leaning towards? That's a really good question, and I have not uh, thought about this, nor do I get in the weeds on, on uh, policy quite as much as you do, which sure. is why people should definitely listen to Ratified on uh, next Tuesday when uh, you have a new episode. Thank you for the plug. You are welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I tend to think that having more kind of smaller operations does provide for a more granular level of oversight and... And service, yeah. Yeah, service and care into the community. The smaller you get, the more that you have people that live, work, play, care about the area that they are working in, as opposed to the one gigantic, you know, group in PG&E that's supposed to oversee all of California, which... Is massive, first of all, but then also like you, you have that kind of ivory tower, white tower, you know, kind right. of idea where it's one guy on high, you know, looking down on all the peasants and seems <laughs> to not care at all. In it seems right. to say peasants about people that live in California, but <laughs> if you know what I mean, like definitely, there's there's that idea of that guy, that person, the the few people at the head of PG&E don't care about the little person, don't care about just the common everyday right. person that relies on them for you know, their energy needs and that sort of thing. And so, I mean, yesterday I came home and my internet had come unplugged. And so I came home and I was like, oh my God, like nothing in my house is working. What's going on? And it took me a little while to figure out that the box on the wall had come unplugged. And I was like, okay, crisis averted. But for a little while I was like, what am I supposed to do tonight? And like, sure, <laughs> right. that's that sounds pathetic, but if you have like <laughs> rolling blackouts, and that's like, yes. think about how that affects people's everyday lives. If you work from home, if you, um, you know, we're trying to, you know, take care of your family and do homework at home, you know, that sort of thing, and you have rolling blackouts, that's just, that's not the kind of care, that's not the kind of, I guess, thoughtfulness that you want from a company that's supposed to be serving all of California. And so I, th- I tend to think that the more granular you can get, the smaller you can get, the more local you can get, the better it is for consumers. Agreed. And, you know, it, it just speaks to, um, you know, w- when you have one company providing basically the only access to electricity for whole regions yeah. in the third largest state uh, in the United States – there really isn't, you know, the kind of market uh, back and forth that often gets argued in situations like this where, hey, you know, yes, they are a corporation. Yes, there isn't the kind of like ballot box accountability. However, the market will sort itself out Mm -hmm. because, you know, if they suck at business, someone else will come in and fix this. In this situation, there literally is no other option because they get either eaten up by PG&E, bought out, uh, and there's no competition. So PG&E doesn't have that accountability. So that's why I think voters are leaning towards some kind of change, something that, okay, well, whatever was in place before, clearly there wasn't 
accountability to ensure that I have electricity or that people aren't burning in the forest, right? Yeah. Uh, so maybe a public run utility would have that kind of accountability. Maybe people's voice and like what they want out of their electricity needs would be uh, better heard. So that's, that's, you know, kind of where I see that. But for example, just real quick, got to toss this one out. Nebraska is the only state where every home and business gets electricity from a community owned institution. And they do it, like you said, at a granular level, um, over 120 own, uh, public owned utility companies. Um, they're small. And obviously Nebraska has considerably less people True. than California, but, uh, you know, it, it's doable. It's doable. It's, it's pretty clear the people of California need to make a change, and it's pretty clear that we have to make a change, because we're out of time today. We're out of time. We always do this. But we're making a line change, because T.C. Riley's hopping in the hot seat right across from me, and we're going to hit up an episode of Diving Into Data coming oh boy. up next, Daniel. So, we're going to talk a little football, a little holiday tra- travel analytics. Oh, yeah. So, get and th- ready there for was that. a great story we didn't hit on Biz Casual. I think we're just going to have to touch on it on Friday. It's going to come on Friday. juicy. Makes me hungry. Ooh. We're going to talk a little partnership between a restaurant group and esports. So, Delicious. that's going to be on Friday. But that's all for us. Thanks for listening to Business Casual today. I'm Tyler Kern. I'm Daniel Litwin, voice of B2B. Adios, friends.